Hello, Fusion. My name is Alex Fuse, the host of Fusion News, and I am on the phone right now with college basketball analyst for ESPN, Mr. Dick Vitale. Dick, you spent your whole entire life surrounded by the game of basketball. What does this sport mean to you? Well, you know, the sport's been great to me. It's unbelievable what it's done for me. It's given me a livelihood to succeed in any dream I ever had. But I've developed such a love for the game when I was a young kid. I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the emotion, the passion, the unbelievable spirit. I used to like the kind of situations where teams are battling, the little the underdog against the Goliath. It's just so much fun. And I, I started to get really uh, excited about basketball when I was a kid. I was probably four hours even a teenager. Now, you talk about the you know, David versus Goliath matchups, and you had to deal with those matchups as a coach before you got into this. Do you think now in the career of broadcasting, that kind of brought out more passion now broadcasting? Well, you know, I've always had passion. I've always, uh, uh, since I was a young guy, I've always had passion, spirit for whatever I did, and always loved what I did, trying to be everybody's friend. In fact, under my uh, picture of my yearbook when I graduated high school, uh, I saw that one day. I was looking through my yearbook, and I, I looked at it, and it really made me laugh because it says, you know, Richie, there was no dick. Richie, everybody's buddy. Everybody's buddy. And I, I've always tried to be that way. You know, I've always felt that if you extend a hand to people and you care about people and just understand that everybody's as good as anybody else. There's nobody better than anyone. Really, it only means when you look at an athlete, you might be skilled, you know, running with a football, shooting a jump shot, or swinging a bat. That doesn't make him a better person, the person that's sitting there and maybe cheering them on. So, again, I've always tried to be nice to people. I've always tried to have a passion is such a pride in anything I've ever done in life. If a college basketball fan walks up to you and asks you the question, oh, I haven't watched college basketball in five, ten years, and I want to get back into it, and I was wondering what team to watch this year, what team would you tell them that to watch? Oh my God, there's so many good teams. We're going to have, I think, a great year this year in college basketball. But, you know, it's the usual people. It's the usual teams. I mean, I think this year, out of the gate, Kansas and Michigan State are going to be two of the best teams in the country. And they possibly could play on the Maui Classic if they both can't make it to the championship round. Uh, so, again, we'll find out quickly how good some of these teams are. Uh, bottom line is you, you can never count out Kentucky or Duke or North Carolina. I mean, those teams always got talent and personnel. They're well-coached basketball teams. So, again, it'll be a, probably the typical year. And there'll always be a team or two that'll come out of nowhere. In fact, I'll tell you this right now. I think a team that's going to get in here with the heavyweights is Louisville. I think Louisville, as a team this year, that can be relative with the top five in America. What do you think about Syracuse chances this year? You know, Syracuse is going to be good again, as they usually are. Problem is, the conference is loaded. Uh, you look at the conference right away. You look at uh, Duke and Carolina and Louisville, as I mentioned. Florida State is going to be good again. So, again, it's, it's a matter of the conference is so tough in that ACC from top to bottom. But if you can get in the middle of the pack, you can make it to the NCAA tournament. And who knows, with the right pairings, any of those teams in the NCAA out of the ACC can cause big damage. And certainly Syracuse is one of them. You not only are you a big basketball fan, but also a big baseball fan, and the Tampa Bay Rays are really doing a fantastic job right now, and especially after the deadline, just getting, you know, they just continue adding to this team. Do you feel like this Tampa Bay Rays team can be a threat if they get in the wild card and then through the wild card and into the playoffs? 
Well, to make the playoffs, obviously, they can't be. I, I think short-term like that, you never know what can happen. I, I'm really impressed. I, I think they did a great job, as you said, right after the trade deadline. They put in uh, some really key players. I mean, when the trade deadline was coming in, they put in some key players. A lot of people were, you know, really excited about it. Didn't know much about them. They got Aguilar, swing the bat. He struggled big time this year with Milwaukee. But a year prior, was a lost story. 35 homers and over 100 RBIs. So I guess they're rolling the dice, hoping he can get there. Right now, he hasn't hit the wall. Boy, he's hit one so far, but he's hit it like about 400 since he's been here. He's been a great addition. Then he got a guy that really has shocked me big time. I mean, when I say shocked me, I, I didn't know anything about him. And I follow baseball really religiously, as you said. I love baseball. So the Rays have been taking me. I'm not sleeping now. I'm tired right now. I was up to one. I guess it must have been like 140 last night following the Rays. And I came up with the Padres out in San Diego and it won 7 5. Same thing the night before, like 130. I mean, that was the Seattle series. I'm so tired following them. I got Rays fever. I'll tell you, this guy, this guy, Nick Anderson. He's been unbelievable. I've never heard of him. He was with uh, the Marlins earlier this year. His numbers were good. I looked at his numbers with the Marlins. His strikeout ratio was incredible to the innings that he pitched. Well, since he's been with the Rays, I could be wrong about this. I think he's made like five or six appearances. He's got like a zero 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 ERA, and he's like striking out two every inning. Yesterday, he struck out, I believe, two of the, uh, uh, about struck out the side. He's a great setup man. He throws a great velocity. Uh, I heard the reason he didn't the majors until he's 29, first year in the majors, had many problems off the field, but people say he's in the right direction now. He's sort of matured, and we hope that stays that way because I'm telling you, his, his velocity and his stuff looks electric. So a guy like that, and I've also been a big pickup for them, Eric Sogard. Sogard, who's really been like a major leaguer without much power, his double figures in the homers now, the ball really going out for people, hitting like 300, came from Toronto, and it's been really a, a big plus for them. You know, you have so much passion talking about baseball and basketball. Would you ever consider doing a baseball game here and there? No, not really. I'm not. I'm not I, you know, I don't move the game like that. And technically, in fact, I think one problem we have in baseball is too much technical. You watch a game, they put me to sleep half the time. They talk every angle, velocity angle, exit angle. Who cares about all this exits? Come on, man. Tell me stories about the players. I want to know about the players. I want to know about the people that make the game. I want to hear all that nonsense about the second inning with Zizville. I mean, it's unreal. I, I learned a long time ago. I want to get a broadcasting from one of the greats in broadcasting production, Scotty Connell. He said to me, Dick, remember this. The two E's, baby. Educate and entertain. TV is about entertainment. It's not about just technically just driving people nuts. <clears throat> I watch games of football and basketball. I mean, they get so technical. Half of the audience are more than half. 90% of them don't know what they're talking about. I think a lot of guys that get fired or a lot of guys are former athletes. They get in the booth. They know what they're doing. They're trying to impress their peers, their buddies. And they try to get so technical that they lose the concept that television's about entertainment. This is my favorite segment on the show. It's, it's called the Fast Five Quick Round. It's five quick questions, and you have a, however long the time to answer them. So first one for you. Who are two broadcasters you haven't worked with yet that you would like to? Uh, 
Oh my God, well, Jim Nash would be one of these phenomenal podcasters. Can't go wrong with those two guys. Who do you consider the most underrated college basketball player ever since you've been covering college basketball? Oh my God, underrated. Most of the guys I knew that looked up to the Billy, but underrated? Oh God. Uh, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one for me. I, I'm, I'm trying to think who's been underrated that's come out and, and, and did a great, great job. I mean, there's so many players that have stepped on a court and been better than what people have thought they'd be. Uh, I mean, look at, look at Seth Curry out of high college. You know, he was very good. Obviously, at the end of Davis, when he came in, he was totally underrated. I mean, when he came in, he couldn't even get one to play basically Duke and those places weren't interested. You have a bunch of famous catchphrases. What's one that you tried that you liked but just didn't work out? What's that you tried that I liked? I mean, there's a lot of them. I don't, I, I, you make it as tough for me, man. All I know is I can't spend a day of my life starting even this morning up the grand. We're up there for a couple of days, my wife and I, leaving early in the morning, going out for some coffee. I, and here, hey, Dickie Man, my awesome baby. I mean, I get that stuff every day. And I think it's flattering. It's really great. I love it. Get a T.O. baby. So, you know, uh, the 3E e man. No, I don't think I get much about that. You know, enthusiastic, excited, and really energetic. I love the 3E e man. But then, that hasn't really caught on, like, get a T.O. baby, awesome baby, you know, things of that nature. He's a PTP, prime time performer. What's your favorite memory at Madison Square Garden? Favorite memory at Madison Square Garden? Walking into the arena, and I couldn't wait to see Carmelo Anthony. so much about him as, a, as an incredible incredible high school player coming out of the Baltimore area and I walked in on the court and he's shooting around and Dan Schumann and I walked over to him and I said, I don't know what happens today, I want you to understand something. Just play, have fun, I've heard nothing but great things about you and I'm sure you're going to live up to it. And he went out that night, they got beat by, I'll, I'll never forget, they got beat by Memphis. By Memphis, I know John Calipari's team that had beaten Syracuse in his debut, but you can see that stroke he had. And there's a guy I think has gotten a raw deal. There's no doubt in my mind that Carmelo Anthony should be on somebody's team, on someone's roster, to provide some offensive firepower coming off the bench. Now, he has to beat them halfway contractually in terms of dollars, but the bottom line is he belongs to play. What's your favorite John Saunders story? John Saunders, all about love, man. All about love. Just a special guy. Uh, sitting, uh, well, the, the last time I was with John, I'll never forget it. We're sitting in my house about 1.30 in the morning. It was after my camera. Uh, we're sitting on the couch. We had a big party at my house for all the celebrities. He was the last to leave. Me and his wife, Wanda. And we're sitting there telling stories after stories and laughing about the days of, you know, following teams. I was a big, big Georgetown fan. Love Georgetown. I, I find it hard to believe three years now it was just recently uh, on August I believe it was 6th I, I, I don't remember the exact date might have been August 10th but it was like this third year since he's passed uh, I know he's up in heaven with Jimmy V and I know that you were there but just having a blast he loved Jimmy Jimmy and he were very tight John was as special as it gets you have a whole website now that is just you're spending all of your passion and putting your passion into this 
uh, through the V Foundation for Kids Battling Cancer. You know, you've been doing this for how many years now? Well, my 14th year, and, and, and I got to get a little T.O. here, but I will tell you this. It's 14 years, and the bottom line is we raised $29.5 million thus far. It's not enough. We need so much more because there's so many kids out there battling that disease. As you and I are talking today, as we're talking today, there'll be a number of moms and dads going home from the doctor's office and hearing the doctor say to them, Four words no mom and dad wants to hear. And you can guarantee today, I think it comes to about, I'm not sure that the number from is about 40 to 45 a day. Hear the words, your child has cancer. And it's brutal. It's a life-changing situation in many cases. And it just breaks the heart. I was just with a family a couple days ago for dinner who has a son that's battling neuroblastoma. And they told me the stories of what they've gone through. And it just breaks your heart. You can't work while you think about your child. So I want to raise funds. And if anybody listening to the podcast can go to digvitalonline.com, they can make a donation, uh, do it, go to the Foundation, and they're part of my team. This year I want to raise $5 million. Last year I did $4.3 million. We want to do $5 million this year. Join my team. You may save the child you love. Also while they're there, and all the money will make five cents. Every dollar that I would make, the seal of my latest book, my Mount Rushmore's of College Basketball, and my latest designer hat, the two together for $39.99, and every dollar that I would make there goes to the Big Foundation for kids. They just got to go to thinkfightdownonline.com, and they'll get like an autograph, autograph the hat, autograph the, the book, any way they want me to write it, go Syracuse, go Tarios, whatever they want, and I will do it. I'll do anything to raise money to help kids battle with cancer. Well, Mr. Vital, I want to say thank you again for taking your time out of your busy schedule to come on my podcast today, and I greatly appreciate you joining me today. Well, thanks a lot. You got some great questions. You can stop me there with someone else. I mean, it's too tough for me early in the morning. We're having so much cell phone problems today. It's great to go through this and not have a problem. I know. I got to get a TL, baby, and I got to run. And you're awesome, baby, with a capital F. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks. All right, Fuse Nation, you just heard it from the one and only Mr. Dick Vitale. Once again, thanks for listening, Fuse Nation. I'll be back here live with more episodes very soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I'll be seeing you very soon. Thanks for watching.